welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you decided to stop by and give this a listen. Hey, do you have a difficult time asking for more money because you're unsure of your worth? Or does the thought of increasing your prices in your business make you feel like you're being greedy or selfish? Or or maybe you want more money, but you think you should just be happy with what you have. Does any of this sound familiar? If so, I want you to know that you're not alone. And today we're going to be talking about the relationship between money and self-worth and how to realize your worthiness of wealth and abundance. By doing this deep work, you can shift your experience with money so that you can take new actions and eventually create the financial results that you desire. But before we dive all into that and get all deep and dirty into it. Let's, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that we don't like to blast out on social media and certainly not going to just, you know, put it on a billboard and tell everybody all about it. But we know that we want to be better because we know it impacts our health, our wealth, our happiness, our families, our community, all of that. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, undo some of that crap that happened to you along the way and continues to keep you somewhat stuck, tripped up, or keeping you from fully living the vibrant life that you are designed to live. And during this episode, I thought we'd piggyback off last week's topic of worthiness. And we're going to add on to that. We're going to add on money and even money wounds because this subject all ties right into that. So where does financial unworthiness come from? I can tell you we were not born feeling unworthy of money. Financial unworthiness is simply a mindset that you were taught as a child by family, culture, religion, patriarchy, and and the media. As children, we are pure and innocent and have a clean slate when it comes to believing in our worthiness and deservingness with regards to money. Somewhere along the way, this gets marred by several factors. In order to return to this original state of worthiness, we need to explore why we develop feelings of unworthiness surrounding money in the first place. Are these feelings truly ours or were they handed down to us or presented as the only option? Once we understand where the foundation for these issues stem from, we can challenge those feelings and shift our mindset into that of worthiness and deservingness. Look, I can tell you there's quite often, at least clients that I work with, it's pretty much the same universally as people have not actually looked at their beliefs beyond, well, that's how I was raised. As if you are imprisoned to that belief for the remainder of your life. It's a choice to remain imprisoned to those beliefs. So now, let's talk about what money wounds are. 
Money wounds are the stories, core beliefs, thought patterns, and subsequent actions that come through these core beliefs that keep you away from your monetary desires. These wounds can trickle down through generational heritage and can come from feeling unworthy, having a poverty mindset, or even shaming the rich. So what are money wounds? Most of our money beliefs and stories are unconscious and often seep into our belief system when we socialize with the world. For example, have you ever heard these words or phrases while growing up? Don't lend money to your friends. They'll never return it. Oh, archaeology doesn't pay well. You can only make money if you are a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. Hmm, our relatives were nice till the moment they became rich. Once they made a lot of money, they changed completely. Money changes people and makes them greedy. <sighs> All these rich businessmen are just thieves. This is the maximum salary in this industry. You can't make more. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a cost of living increase. You won't make good money unless you get an MBA from some well-known prestigious college. How can you go into a marriage with so many loans and so much debt on your head? No one will marry you. Now, have any of these beliefs ever affected your own behavior or the way that you behave with others. And maybe, maybe just hearing me say them has kind of stirred something like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, I remember so-and-so used to say that. We often listen to these casual statements and opinions that come from someone's personal experience and take them to be true for us and run with them. But these statements can influence our thoughts and beliefs about money, our fears around it, our actions, and the story we tell ourselves about why things will not work out for us. Now that again becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So now let's talk about some of the factors and blocks that stand between you and the energy of worthiness and deservingness. One, trickles-down belief system. Since humans, specifically young kids, primarily seek connection and care, most of us believe it straight up without questioning or without understanding the complex context. We think, why would they lie to us? It must be true. They take care of us after all. But here's the thing. Our caregivers... 40, 60 years of experience come from their own unique situations that they have created with the thoughts, beliefs, habits, and expectations that they have taken from others. And since everyone's situations and conditions are different and keep changing constantly, why should these beliefs be universally accepted in changing times? Number two, family background. What was your parents' relationship with money like? 
Is there any shame you've adopted from your parents and their specific financial situation? Maybe you lived in a two-parent household where one or the other was financially dependent on their other? Or perhaps you grew up wealthy and are worried people will take advantage of you because of your financial situation. Begin to explore your family's relationship with money and question how it influenced the way you think about what you deserve with money today. Consider this. We first go through someone else's experience and then form our own beliefs based on those experiences. Or we just copy someone else's beliefs based on how frequently it was told to us. This is why it's so stinking imperative that we look beyond the, well, that's how I was raised. Because a lot of times that's just a catchphrase for I'm, I, I, I can't really do anything about it. And we're not a victim to our beliefs unless we choose to be. If you want better for your life, for your kids, your kids to come, then you need to be willing to go and look at those and evaluate those and see if they are positively serving you and the future that you're wanting for yourself. Number three, religious background. This is a big factor for a lot of people. If you grew up in the church, you likely heard money is the root of all evil or Money turns nice people into greedy people. This messaging suggests you should not openly desire money. And if you do, there's something evil or bad about you as a person. This is incredibly confusing given that money is the tool we use to fund every aspect of our life, including our ability to tithe and or donate. Number four, media. A large part of how we feel about money is what you've absorbed through the media. Begin to consider how wealthy individuals are typically characterized in movies and television. A lot of popular movies depict the divide between the rich and the poor, and it always depicts the rich to be villains. The poor always seem to have an attitude that sort of says, Though I am poor, at least I'm a good person, which indirectly shows that people have to choose between being rich or being good. And people would rather be good than be rich. Though it is true that some rich folks could be mean, selfish, and don't pay taxes, but society often generalizes and picks up the undertones of movies or a one-off event and tries to apply learnings universally. The thing is, these seemingly innocent experiences have created unconscious messaging that tells your brain what you must look like and how you must be in order to have money. This programming largely affects how we unconsciously perceive wealth and abundance. Number five. Patriarchy. A lot of us have issues with the framework surrounding money and gender norms. Traditionally, men are assumed to be the earners, and women aren't taught to be powerful with money and instead are expected to be grateful for what they have. 
non-binary individuals aren't even represented in our culture with money. Luckily, some of this is changing, but we still have a long way to go and a lot of deprogramming to do. Number six, culture. You want to look good by the American standards. Well, then you need a nice car, designer clothes, exotic vacations, trendy hotel rooms, a beautifully decorated house. But don't you dare talk about money. It's incredibly rude and shameful to openly want more money and prioritize making more. This sums up the cultural narrative we live in as it relates to money. How can these two contradictions live together? And how can we live a life of abundance if we're constantly believing we should want more but ask for less? Number seven, feeling unworthy. Aren't we fed limiting beliefs and negative concepts like don't spend so much? You have to work hard and money doesn't grow on trees. When you repeatedly hear money doesn't grow on trees, what you deeply end up believing and internalizing is that you need to work very, very hard to make money or else you can't make enough money. So you end up opting for harder ways to make money and when the easy ways appear, you chuck them as if they don't matter. Because now, you don't believe in earning money the easy way or that there is another way to possibly make money without killing yourself. So how do we change this? In order to return to your natural start of worthiness with money, you must bring the unconscious to the conscious. This means beginning to question the genesis of each assumption you've made about money. As a child, your brain was not developed enough to question what you learned in church or from your family or the media or your peers. It's your job as an adult to explore these factors, confront them, and then consciously choose to return to your unblocked energy state with money. What you learned about money has created how you feel about money, and your feelings are responsible for every action you take. Consider how differently you act with money when you feel confident versus feeling afraid. These actions create your results. So I want to give you three questions to ask yourself as you get started with your money belief excavation. One, what do you believe you deserve with money? Do you think you deserve to have anything you want? To travel, big house, nice car? What is it? Write these things down. Number two, what do you think about money? Is it good or bad? Does it stress you out? Does having it equate to fun or freedom in your mind? What does it do? And number three, do you want to be rich? This can be triggering for some of us because the word has a lot of negative connotations. A lot of us believe that rich people are bad. I want you to remember 
that the amount of money that you do or don't have has nothing to do with who you are or your morality. Get curious about why we assign the word rich such a negative connotation. Who came up with that? It doesn't matter because you get to choose now how you want to interpret that word. But I mean, isn't it interesting how a word can be turned into something so depicting as something so awful when it's just merely a word? What if you can be rich, but also generous, selfless and spiritual? How would you feel about becoming rich then? Start with these inquiries and then branch out to explore the other factors I'm going to share with you. We do this so we can transform and challenge these limiting beliefs and step into more worthiness with money. So I'm going to give you four steps to step into your financial worthiness today. One, identify your stories and beliefs. Remember, these are cycling within your unconscious. You're going to have to intentionally dig deep. As you go through this exercise, remember, you're not defined by your thinking or feelings about something. You are simply observing of these thoughts and feelings. This is a key distinction to make because if you believe that you are your thinking, you can't separate your natural state of fully worthiness from the programming given to you by your culture and family. Number two, show your brain what's possible. Show your brain what's possible by intentionally seeking out wealthy people that are living according to the values you aspire to. Go find them. These are called wealth expanders. Showing your brain something different than what is experienced will allow you to unstick anything it believes to be true. Number three, make the decision to expand beyond what was modeled to you as a child. This is going to require that you practice going back to your natural state of worth and empowerment. This part is likely going to be uncomfortable at first because you're breaking through patterns and going against what you're most uncomfortable with. But this step is 100% necessary in order to create new results. As a side note, this isn't about blaming anyone. This isn't about finding fault in what somebody may have taught you. Again, going back to that observer's position, we're just noticing these things so we can recognize them, become aware of them, bring them forward so we understand that the actions that we're taking and shift them and change them. Start things like asking yourself, what do I need to think about myself to believe I'm worthy of money? Then try it on. For example, I'm 100% worthy of wealth. How does that make you feel? Confident? Empowered? Shameful? Guilty? What is it? These are really big indicators of where things might be stuck and need to be looked at and worked through. I can certainly help you do that later at the end of this episode. I'm going to give you ways that you can get in contact with me, schedule some time, and we'll, we'll crush these things so that you can get moving on your life 
and live in the way you want to. Number four, participate in the energy exchange of money. In order to receive more money, you must give. This traditionally looks like time and energy that translate into value for someone else. So for an example, if you're a coach, counselor like myself, this could be writing an article, creating a helpful framework, or sharing a new perspective, or starting a podcast that you're monetizing, something like that. So there's an exchange there. And and you don't have to be in that. That's just one example. You can do this uh, in many ways. I do a lot of talk once a week on Wednesdays, dedicating dedicating them to Wealth Wednesdays and giving examples of what that looks like. And and you're certainly welcome to follow me on any of my social sites, which I'll share that with you, and you can see those. So as we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I hope this helps you to question and challenge some of those thought processes and self-worth issues you may have with money. The main takeaway I want you to know is that at your core, you are 100% worthy and deserving of everything you want in your life. Once you uncover and challenge your limiting beliefs, you'll begin to manifest and create the financial reality that you want. And if you found this episode helpful and would like more topics like this, or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I encourage you to reach out and schedule some time with me, as well as follow and share this podcast. Because again, we never know what someone might be going through, and they could just use a little bit of support along the way that just makes all the difference in their day. So let me share ways that you can connect with me and or schedule an appointment with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok. My username there is Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is Dr. Kelly Ray. Dot com. It's D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E dot com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.